rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. All right. How's it going, everyone? Good. Good. I'm glad it's going well. Not that I see anybody. I see some of you. Some of you are there. You're coming back every week. Thank you for hanging out with me every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. And, whoops, I'm messing things up already. And we are replayed starting Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app. And also on GDPR Revolution 99 on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, wherever else, all the all the places that you think we should be, we are. And now, Tara Buster is on Patreon, so I'm pushing this because it's time. It's well past time, guys. Here's here's the deal. If I I, you know, I was figuring it out, it's not just it's not just Tara Buster. It's also RDT Daily. If you donate to or become a patron, I guess that's what it's what it is. It, you would be a regular patron on uh, Patreon, and you would a- enable us to not just keep this show as as a weekly show. My goal is to make it a daily show. If we get enough patrons, I will make this a daily show. I'll be able to because I'll have the money to do it. We'll have the funding. And I won't need to hustle up work every other goddamn, well, not every other day, every goddamn day. I, I always say when I feel tired, I guess I'll sleep when I'm dead, right? We'll be sleeping a long time. I'm not trying to be morose, but that's what I say to motivate myself because I, I work a lot. So, But it's also a labor of love, and I do believe in what I'm doing, and I, I hope to see this world or this country have one thing I want to see before I die universal health care in this country that's that's the, a dream come true for me it's one of my passions because I think that it's sorely lacking another thing actually there's many things I would like to see one universal health care universal higher education and money out of politics if those three things can be accomplished in my lifetime, if I could see that happen, I know that it's we spent our time wisely leaving this world better than we found it. And I think about the, the women who went on hunger strikes for the vote that never got to see the vote. I, I hope that uh, we don't have the similar experience. I hope that I, and if, if, if we do, Hopefully not, you know. I'm, this, this country can surprise us. Just like I was surprised when Twitler was selected, um, I was surprised when we elected Barack Obama. I never thought I would see a, a person of color become a the president in this racist-ass country. So, you know what? We can very much surprise each, surprise each other. And so anyway, so if... Um, if we get enough patrons, right now we have zero. We got a big goose egg, but we just launched, we, me, me, I just launched it. 
so it takes time. Just like when I started Republican Dirty Tricks and I started the Facebook page for Republican Dirty Tricks, I remember it took a while, whatever. I don't remember exactly how, how long, but I had a... Um, I had 500 subscribers or, pe- or people who liked the, the Republican Dirty Tricks Facebook page. And I remember thinking how, how amazing that was and how, how much I couldn't believe that we had 500 people who liked it and were involved in, in the conversation on the page. And now we have 150,000 people. So it is possible. And I see that a lot of other other talk show hosts, a lot of other artists in general, comedians, pe- uh, performers are, they have Patreon pages and they're, they're successful at it. So it's, it really is consistency is the key. And that's what I, I feel that every week I will be here as, as much as I can as, and I have, I've only missed once. And uh, I hope that's uh, that's one time is enough. I don't know. Who knows what will happen, but hopefully I'll be able to do the show every single week. I, I that's that's how we build the community. You know, we have to have a regular date. Let's get together at this time, and then we do have a regular group of people that hang out. So that's uh, I love that. All right, and so. If you go onto the Patreon page, it's there's a there should be a link everywhere. There's a link in the description here. There's also a link in um, it's just it's under my name. It's Patreon slash Tara Devlin. You'll see, and it's also you will also be. It's not just funding Tara Buster. You're funding RDT Daily. You're helping us get more writers and contributors, people who wa- want to hold the the uh, Republican feet to the fire. They and are fighting fascism. This is what we're doing. So donate. Uh, there's a bunch of uh, this there. You will get some rewards. I don't know. I'm still figuring out how Patreon works 100%. I don't really know. But I know that you we are giving out uh, rewards for different levels of contribution. And there will be special um, patron-only events going on. So, and we're, and hopefully, wouldn't it be great to do a, a show every day? That's what people said. When, when I first did the show and it was only an hour, the complaint I got was that it was too short, so I made the show two hours. Now, it would be amazing to make the show a daily show. I would do it, I don't know what time, I'd probably, I wouldn't, I'd probably do it around four or something like that. Some, we'll have to figure out a time, but we're not there yet. Because I don't want to, com- I don't want to compete with Bob Kincaid. I don't want to compete with Mike Malloy. So we it, it, we want to be an addendum to all of those great progressive talk shows, and also Randy Rhodes. I'm a, I think she's on at four. I don't know. We'll figure out a time. I, I, there's always something going on. We will figure it out. We, we're not even there yet. We don't have. We have zero patrons. So let's let's get some patrons. And I figured if we get around. Uh, um, ultimately, if we get around 500 patrons, okay, or at $20 a month or thereabouts, that's it, or, or a combination thereof, I will be able to do the show every single day. So it may not be this year, may not be next year. It might be two years from now. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, it'll be sooner than later. 
But in the meantime, we're going to be here every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. And I'm going to just keep fighting until they, uh, until I step off this mortal coil. That's what I do. That's what we do. What else is there to do, really? This is why we were born. That's how I look at it, to make this world a better place. I don't just sit there. You know, it's not just about me. This is how I feel. This is the thing that pisses me off about Republicans in general, besides everything else, is that everything, uh, they only seem to care uh, and, and unless something affects them directly. Um, and they they always couch if they if they are ever if they ever betray a, a modicum of humanity they have to they have to uh, qualify it in in the frame of oh well you know I voted for health care let's say because my my niece has diabetes or it has to somehow affect them personally when what does it matter. You know, it, it all affects us. If everybody, if, if there is somebody who cannot get health care, that means we're all in jeopardy. If somebody is oppressed, everybody is oppressed. But they don't seem to get that. They don't seem to understand that we are in this together, that the, the founding fathers, for all their flaws, knew one thing, e pluribus unum, out of many one that the, they were in it together. Yeah, they, and of course, they were not, uh, they never actualized their, the, the promises of their founding ideals because they didn't even, they were so, um, they, I believe, you know, they were products of their time. I'm not excusing it. It is what it is. Clearly, when they wrote all men are created equal, they meant all men. They didn't, not women. Women were property. Like, shut up. Go, go and cook or something. Go get me a, uh, go get me a drink. Get the hell out of here. We're having a, we're talking about freedom. So, say, you know, people of color, people, uh, those who weren't straight white males, of course, uh, that's or and property owners. That's another one. So, we are um, actualizing their the the promises of our founding documents and. That's uh, that's the way it should be. We all know that we uh, we're in this together. We really are. So I that's why I know that we will win eventually. We're on the right side of history and the right side of humanity. That's that's we know that in our hearts, and that is why. And so do Republicans. Republicans know it too, but they understand that they cannot win. But because they're they're not on the right side of humanity, somewhere in their 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 empty hearts, they understand this. This is why they have to lie and and gerrymander and uh, divide and conquer. How do you get away with uh, just lying all the time? You there's something wrong with you. That's how you. There is a sense of denial. I guess they justify the way that they, they behave. You know, I, I mean, I always think about, I think we were talking about this last week on the show. There, um, when I was drinking and a friend of mine said, this was many years ago, she was like, I can't hang out with you anymore because I'm drink. I'm, I'm going to AA. And I was like, what are you talking about? Uh, you're going to AA. I drink like 10 times more than you do, right? So I, I'm not going to AA. You know what I mean? My point was, I'm not an alcoholic, but clearly I was, but I was in denial about it. I didn't see 
I was blind. So that's how I think about Republicans. They might think that they're—I don't know—I don't even think that they—they—they think that they're doing good. They know that they're—that they're doing wrong. I guess they—they they feel like I don't know. I guess they just feel like that's the way it is in life. Dog eat dog, right? Sucks to be you. Oh well, I got mine. That's all they care about. It's all this fear-based bullshit. Right? There's not enough. There's not enough to go around. I got mine. You know, sucks to be you. Better luck next life, sucker. <sighs> we are live. Buffering now. So, okay, guys, with the buffering, I, I lowered everything to, like, the lowest levels. And another thing is when I play back the recording and it's um it's not buffered for me, That that's that means that... It might be your on your end. You know what I mean. I'm not. I'm, I'm really trying to investigate every every angle. But like when I re, when I record it, and then I have to prep the recording for Progressive Voices, and it's it's a good recording. Let's put it that way. It's not. It doesn't have any buffering issues in it. I it's. I think that it might be. Uh, might be something on your end too i i don't know i'm not trying to point a finger but sometimes i see the buffering like i will see it i will see it on my end you know what i mean but if i don't see it it like it's recording per, on whatever you know what i'm saying all right guys whatever we do what we can we're doing the best we can here and let me see all right so what i want to talk about all right, is thank you everyone. That's all I have to say. Is we have a we have a Patreon page and the, you can also donate. I sent out the window clink. Some people donated to the site. I had my head up my ass last week. Everybody knows. I got I was working a freelance job. This is this is why I'm asking for a Patreon people because um in order to make ends meet in life as a comedian as a this thing whatever we're doing where uh, I have to work as a, I do uh, freelance work as a, I work in televisions. And uh, anyway, my steady job got laid off and I was very depressed and feeling uh, kind of stressed. Uh, I didn't sleep for two days. Still in the process of, uh, finding a job or whatever or and also i don't know you know looking at it as an opportunity too so i set up the patreon page trying to put in all the hooks in the water we'll see what happens what what we get back and like i said i just keep doing it i'll just keep showing up do you uh i always say we do it anyway we show up anyway no matter how we feel okay cool Thanks, it's fine now. We get a thank you, MR. Thank you for the. Uh, and this is the another thing. If you guys are listening after the fact, after the recording on the podcast, come join us on Saturday nights and you will meet our standard crew. We have a great, very tight knit crew of people that hang out every week and it's a lot of fun. So please join us. All right. Um, because I wanted to, I wanted to talk about this. There's a few things. Of course, the fire Twitler is in California right now, uselessly. Who cares, right? So, the, uh, uh, I was watching MSNBC, 
today. I mean, I might as well be president of the United States. That's all he does, watch television. He's watching the shows. He saw people raking. Now we have to, uh, it's like having a, your, your cranky old grandfather, your right-wing granddaddy, uh, who does nothing but watch Fox News, uh, bore you. Uh, incessantly, but he but he gets to do it on our national media, and it becomes breaking news. So they on, on MSNBC. If I wanted, I really needed another reason to puke. It was listening to them say uh, that Trump, the consoler in chief, is going to. Uh, California to survey the damage. Who cares? He is there anybody more useless on this planet than that moron? So he watches the shows and says he was watching people raking. Wait, I think I have this clip. He's watching people raking. This is the guy who has access to the top intelligence uh, in the entire world. He doesn't need the shows. You see, he can uh, the the people who make the shows want to get the type of intelligence he has they only dream of getting the type of intelligence that twitler has access to to make the shows so why is he giving us a play by play of the shows this is what he says so because this moron who went bankrupt selling uh you know addiction in a casino he couldn't get enough dupes to put their Social Security checks on the table in a casino. So he went bankrupt because he sucks at business. That idiot is going to tell the, the firefighters and, and people who do this for a living about um, raking, that, you, that they haven't raked enough. It's not climate change. No, it's not, it's, it's not something that we really need to address, this very real problem that's staring us down the, uh, like, like an like a oncoming train is barreling towards us. And this idiot is going to tell us that he saw people raking on the shows. That's, that's his, his shows. He watches the shows. And uh, he, everybody was raking, and it was all dry. But And he had somebody uh, from Finland, and this is a nation, we're a forest nation, and we don't have this problem here, he says. This is what uh, the, the Finland uh, representative said to him, uh, because they do raking. They do their raking. We just don't rake here. That's what it is. It's not man-made climate change. It's we don't rake. And it's just another excuse, another reason to give more money to another industry, to stroke somebody else's industry, to, to fu funnel more money into, into the pockets of his pals and never, ever really address the issues that we have right in front of us. Just another excuse to put off what we absolutely have to address. And there you go. Once again, here we go. Another example of just how useless Republican, I mean, tr Trump. Yeah, it's Trump, but it's the Republican Party. It's all of them. Because that's their standard bearer. They made him their leader. That's the leader.
of the Republican Party. The, the, the big kahuna, the one that they, uh, they bow down to. They listen to this grifter, this bankrupt, ser- this serial bankrupt trust funded brat, 72 year old toddler who watches the shows. This is their standard bearer. This, this, I mean, it's beyond comprehension when I, when I watch Trump and I see him and I listen to him and then he's, and it's breaking news that he says we got to go out and rake instead of addressing climate change like adults, like normal people, like people who believe in science, like we have a civilization here, not just some kind of, you know, excuse, not just some kind of pyramid scheme to funnel money into the pockets of the rich that we actually might have um, a representative democracy. I don't know, something uh, that we're supposed to, you know, uh, protect and uh, we're supposed to protect and defend, right? They love America, though. They love it so much, but they cannot ever, ever actually address the problems that are staring us in the face. So anyway, let me, uh, let me just talk about Trump breaking. Here's Trump. I was watching the firemen the other day, and they were raking areas. They were raking areas where the fire was right over there, and they're raking trees, little trees like this that are not trees, little bushes that you could see are totally dry. Weeds. And they're raking them. They're on fire. That should have been all raked out. What about the argument? You wouldn't have the fire. What about the argument it's climate change, that it's drier, it's hotter, and that that's contributing to it? Uh, Maybe it contributes a little bit. The big problem we have is management. It's if I, if it wasn't so deadly serious, it would be it would be bonkers. It's it is bonkers that we're this. This is what always gets me that we're in some kind of collective psychosis with this guy. Um, thanks to thanks to the Republican Party and uh, this their standard bearer. They it we I mean I have to think about this for a second. Wait. So because we have respect for our our representative democracy we're we all have to pretend now that this moron is not uh, is not the the moron that he is that we all have to act like he this is normal that he is a president that we let's get let's let's ask Trump what he thinks. What do what do you think, Mr. President? Well, I I saw these guys raking, and uh, you know they had trees, not trees, bushes, bushes, not little bushes, trees, and they were all these raking. Yeah, I mean it's a little bit climate change, a little bit, uh, but you know it's really the management. Another reason to attack his opponents to somehow uh, stroke the other business people who he only wishes that he could be like. He wants to be like a, an innovator, somebody who's, who's – he wants to be a businessman. He wishes he was in the logging industry like, you know, he's, he's sucking up to – that's what he's doing right now. He's sucking up to the logging industry. He's, he wishes – that so much that he would that he just just would be accepted by them that they would bring him into the, to the fold as a fellow businessman he's not a businessman he's a joke they all understand that they know that he's nothing but a means to an end to them but you got to think that how how um 
sick are these people, these these so-called businessmen, when they're they don't even think that the that the safety and security of the American people are uh, are paramount to the to their bottom line. So these um, uh, industries that have a chokehold on our on our representative so-called representative democracy, they are they they basically dictate all this bullshit, all this bullshit policy when we should really be addressing things um, that are right in front of us. You know what I mean? I, I mean, it's just, but they don't seem to care. It doesn't matter. As long as they're getting theirs, you know, let it burn. Let it burn. Who can make a buck out of this now? Oh, who, this entire town is gone and people are dead. And you got this idiot talking about raking and using it as an opportunity to, uh, you know, score some cheap political points when he has nothing. He, what the hell does he know? This moron thinks he, he's, he's like Kim Jong-un, right, in, in North Korea or whatever, in, um, well, Putin, but he's really like Kim Jong-un because in, according to, in, uh, to, in, in North Korea, Everything that, uh, uh, you know, Kim Jong-un knows it all. All the Kim family, they are experts in everything. So they will write a, a, uh, a guide to whatever it may be, how to, the right way to uh, make a sandwich, the right way to whatever, comb your hair. That's what they know. They all, it's all um, that, this authoritarianism. Uh, the guide to how to make movies, how to whatever. I mean, the, is, it's no secret that uh, Kim and his family are big movie buffs. But but that's that's the, it's what they uh, like. It, I think that Trump completely envies that kind of um, you know status where we all look to him. Uh, why are we even asking him about what he thinks? about this fire he what the hell does he know he knows the same that we know because he's not taking in the intelligence briefings he's watching the shows he saw somebody raking and having absolutely no knowledge of anything he thinks he he knows okay well i saw somebody raking so you know i just like he could solve world peace how he can solve uh, peace in the middle east or the or why this why we did we even have to have a civil war he could have made a deal he said right a deal you know i mean a little um you know what's what's a a couple of slaves here and there you know what i mean whatever so why um we are asking this idiot and is infuriating to me. And for MSNBC or any network, I mean, I get Fox because they're the they're the state propaganda channel. But for any other really serious network, it's it's really about time for the United uh, for the for the people of the United States to uh, just forget it. This guy, can't we talk? As if we really know what the hell is going on. Like, let's be honest with each other. This, why are we asking this idiot what he thinks about the forest? Uh, what he thinks about the fires in California? Why is he, don't even go there, Trump. 
that you're the consoler in chief? That's a, that's the thing that was really making me want to vomit. The console, this moron, a consoler in chief. Well, who asked him? If I was there, honestly, I I would I wish I would just be there to to uh, I don't know. I I was gonna say something bad, but I that's kind of crass. But I I I, I mean, it's honestly. Um, why? What is wrong with this country that we're in this collective psychosis where we have to kind of pretend that um, it's normal for this idiot who who just got off Twitter insulting somebody as a horse face or whatever to go go to fly fly to California to to be a consoler in chief. This moron, a liar who hates democracy, who is a colluder, who is a traitor. Who is a who lies as quick as breathing? They uh, and the the Republican Party this week really showed how much they hate democracy. So I every week I talk about how um, the Republican. I mean, really, the overall theme I've been saying it for years is Republicans hate democracy. They they. They are incapable of functioning in a free democratic society. This, this is the leader. So the leaders of the Republican Party, they, they, they hate democracy. They don't like it. And we know that for a fact, because if they really loved democracy, if they loved this government that the founders fought a revolution to entrust to us, first of all, they wouldn't continuously disparage the the government of the United States, because that's what they're doing. Whenever they say government is the problem, well, you know what? That's the government that all those headstones in Arlington National Cemetery supposedly died to protect. So when you say you hate this government, then you hate the the people who fought, bled, and died for it. So, Right. And you're, um, you're really, um, you know, they talk about the enemy of the people. What, um, how do you, so what do you, what exactly do you love when you say you love America? What is it do you, that you love? Do you, I guess you love the fact that we're all, uh, I don't know, they, they, they love the bl- blowing the tops off the Purple Mountain Majesty to get to the coal they love fracking the fruited plains. That's about it. They what do what do they love? They don't love anybody in the damn country. They hate everybody in it. They don't like when people want to come here and be a part of it, right? They they they're just what do you love when you say you love America? Because they hate the government, and that's the government is America. That's what the uh, the founders fought a revolution to. They didn't fight a revolu- revolution to. What? Create anarchy? They created a government, uh, a representative government, supposedly, right? So that's why I'm always so confused about Republicans when they say they, oh, government is the problem. Well, that's the, if that's the problem, then you're, you're a traitor, frankly. So whether you, uh, I mean, I guess you could get, just uh, become part of the solution instead of saying, I hate government, say, uh, just get involved. But the fact is, they don't want to, they, they want power. They don't want pesky democracy getting in the way of their nefarious plans. As you see, because whenever they get power, 
They use it not to make the trains run on time or to uh, promote the general welfare over the welfare of the corporate elite. They certainly don't do that. But they use their power to ensure that they can keep their power. And they use it to entrench power and funnel more money to the top. So they're not in government. They don't get into it for altruism. They get into it to rig the game. Just like uh, Tony Soprano or or any crime family would uh, get into, they would buy into a business. They get in there to suck it dry of all the profit. They don't care what they leave in its wake, whether people are dead, whether whether the company fails, whether everybody loses their job. It doesn't matter. They're there to ingratiate themselves and their friends. It's uh, that's the scam because. Republicans and their so-called, they're such great businessmen, right? But they can't seem to make a buck unless they can rig the game in their favor. So they're not getting into politics to, you know, make uh, make Granny uh, not have to eat cat food. That's for sure because they're they celebrate when Granny eats cat food. They love it, you know. And and here's another thing: when uh, they always get. They get offended, right? Republicans always say, well, you know, they say, Democrats always say that they, I, I want to kill granny or whatever. Yeah, well, um, it's not, ju- it's not just a, uh, we're not just being hyperbolic. There are real consequences to policies. That's why everything is politics. When you, when you, when people say, oh, I don't get involved with politics. Well, you know what? It's, uh. You really, you're involved with politics, whether you know it or not. Everything is politics. So, anyway, all right, what was I going to say? Because I, I wanted to talk about, let me say, yes. Uh, you know, think of, well, before I get on that topic, but just think about whether, you think that Republicans, um, like Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, whoever, that they would be involved in in government if let's say um that there were there there was public financing of campaigns why would they do it what if being um a representative was truly a a calling was was truly being a public servant that's what it should be that's why we need money out of politics we need to remove that factor so um, everybody has an equal voice. It's not just the businesses. We don't just get the, uh, the oh, um, uh, what do you call it? Whenever I see uh, they, they're giving the report on how the stock market is doing and as if the stock market has anything to do with the average, average paycheck. It really doesn't. It has to do with... Uh, there's only a certain amount of people who are in the stock market for any for 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 the first part, but then there's it doesn't have um, doesn't just because the stock market is doing well or whatever, it really doesn't mean um, that Main Street is doing well. That people are getting seeing it in their paychecks. The the if a st- if the stock market is doing fine after Trump's tax uh, giveaways. That's because the uh, everything that we were saying about this these tax giveaways came true, Ma- namely they that these uh, Wall Street titans, these business um, 
these big giant businesses, they didn't uh, use the tax break to, uh, you know, trickle down on their workers some prosperity. They used it to buy back stock, They uh, to inflate the stock prices. So anyway, the, the whole, uh, I see all the time that we, we constantly get these reports on how the stock market is doing, but it's, it's really, um, doesn't really co- correlate to the average Joe, you know what I mean? Uh, not that I'm an economist, but clearly, as I have a Patreon page with zero supporters, <laughs> and my life sucks, you know, I mean, all of them that, I keep fighting, what are you going to do, right? <laughs> I, I I wish that my father was, uh, was a real estate t- tycoon who gave me $250 million, right, to play with, and then bailed me out numerous times. I mean, really, I wouldn't, I'll tell you this, I wouldn't have made a effing casino or a, like, uh, what's his, what's her face, Ivanka, who I can't stand too, yeah, um, a, a, uh, sweatshop to make for, where, uh, low-wage workers can make shitty handbags. Well, you're really making the world turn there, sister. Ugh, these, these people, they have everything handed to them. But that's the best they can do. That's probably the most offensive part of watching these morons run rampant over our over our lives. That they're so unworthy. That they they're not even decent people. They're not they're not special people. They're not spectacular people. They're not anybody you're just like, wow, that's great. They're that's pretty smart. What they just did. Wow, aren't we lucky? To have such benevolent lords. No, they're stupid, ignorant, they're out of touch, they're, um, they, they, they're cold-hearted, they're, they're myopic, they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're kiss up, kick down to the most egregious. I've never seen such kiss up, kick down sycophants in my life. They're, they're ignorant. They are ignorant of history. They are. They have no um, ca- compassion. They don't give a shit. I mean, for real. Like they, th- they actively attack those who have no means to fight back. And I mean that in their businesses. Not only do they take advantage. So they have. So let's say Ivanka. I know that she closed her shitty uh, sweatshops for. I think. There's, there was some speculation that, or she sold out of them or whatever. She got out of the business because I think that there's speculation that she wants to run for president. So she wants to be the first female president. And won't she be a very, very proper lady president, right? She'll have that proper demeanor. She won't be shrill like that bitch Hillary or that Nancy Pelosi, right? So... I mean, she'll just, she'll be very business, uh, empowered looking. She'll be women who work type, you know, she'll be right out of her own book. God damn it. And, uh, all of her, her Instagram and Twitter, you'll, you're gonna, you'll be blinded by uh, the, the quaffing on there. She's, she'll be quaffed till within half an inch of her life. 
and she'll certainly put me to shame. So, but because I don't care, I guess that's one of the. <laughs> I don't care how I look. Well, I do to a degree, but I I, I realized the other day that it's there is freedom in. Because I used to really stress over, like, getting in front of the camera here every week. Because, oh, then i got to worry about what I look like. But now I realize I don't even care. So it's good. There is freedom in that. And, you know, because we're all human, what are you going to do? You know, I don't, I don't want to look terrible, but I don't overstress about it anymore. I think it is what it is. Right, I could. It could be worse. I mean, it, I mean, it could be better, but <laughs> it can always be better. There's always somebody better. But all right, and okay. What was I gonna say? What time is it? So Poppy Champlin, Champlin is calling in uh, in the second hour. Thankfully, she's our regular and our regular regular. So, but I want, what else I want to talk about? There's many, I have many things on my list here. The, uh, but one of the things, so earlier in the week, they, uh, Orca- um, Alexandra Arcasio cortez they, oh, thank you. <laughs> I just got a message. We love you just the way you are. Thank you. See, this is why I love to do the show too, because it does help me. It helps me psychologically. And it does. It it really make, makes me want to keep going. And uh, as I hope, I I hope it's a two way street. And uh, because earlier I somebody sent me a message, a nasty conservative. This is what they do. But the, I I I noticed that conservatives. It's very fascinating. They like. They try to like to. Uh, what Amazon scam? What do you think of the Amazon scam? I don't know. Um, they but conservatives try to uh, design their attacks in ways that they think are going to wound you personally, and it's fascinating. They do it all the time. They're like um, they'll say uh, you're well. One of the things they always say you're not funny. They, they always say, like, I don't give it, like, I really don't care what they think. Because honestly, if they're, if somebody is, la- is not laughing, if a conservative says to me, you're not funny, that means I'm doing it correctly. You understand? I consider that a compliment because I don't want, well, I mean, well, conservatives, I know that conservatives, whatever, when I've done stand up shows, live shows, I remember once, not more than once, but one time this one particular person came over to me after the show and he was like, I'm a conservative and I think you're really funny. And no, he said, I'm a conservative Christian and I think you're really funny. And I was like, oh, so even though I'm going to hell, you really think I'm funny. You know, that was his, uh, it was just a nice little moment. Haha. But the, uh, but conservatives online, especially, See, that's a conservative in real life. They'll, in, in real life, a conservative, they won't, if they have something to say that's negative, they won't say it. They will just, not, they, because they're cowards, they wouldn't come over to you and say it because that's what they are. They're, they want to, they type so tough behind the veil of anonymity. And they sit in, in their dark little corners and they spew out 
their hate. It's really pathetic to think that you're on the Internet and you, here's this window and portal to the entire world. There's so much to do. There's so much to learn. There's so much to see. And that's the best you can do, right? Like that's what you're doing? And you're going on and you're, you're saying to me, you know, because I'm, I'm somebody who doesn't matter, supposedly, I guess, who sucks. And you're like, you're not funny. The, I, I wish I could. I wish I got a Patreon a patron for every conservative that said the same, that to me, because that's what they do. That's their, they all have the same um, the same so-called insult. So and I don't it doesn't insult me at all. So I and I also find it flattering that somebody would take time out of their their limited life to to send me an insult you know what i mean because it's like go do something i mean i'm not on that's the other thing you don't see liberals doing that liberals don't we are too busy trying to work to get these idiots health care than to get get on their twitter feeds and see what they do for a living i you know i don't go and say um you know to this moron you're 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 uh putting those pens together wrong or whatever the hell he does for a living. I don't know. I, I, I mean, it's really kind of strange. We, liberals don't do that. We don't go on to conservative Twitter feeds and say, and j- just to insult them personally, because we're too busy trying to make this world a better place, even for those idiots. That's the, that is the uh, testament to progressivism, that... We it, it, that we're fighting for them too, whether they know it or not. And as we know, uh, just by the whole Republican so-called pr- their promises to p- protect pre-existing conditions, uh, uh, in spite of everything that they've been doing for this past eight years against them, and before, in spite of the fact that they've never lifted a finger to help anybody in their goddamn useless, wasted lives, right? So um, they're now suddenly they're they're all the champions of your pre-existing conditions. They're they're going to protect you. No, but you know, I mean, we're the ones protecting people and making the making lives better, making people even those idiots. Even those idiots who voted against Obama, who voted for Trump, who uh, the ones who were like my my granddaddy or my, even my me myself, they're always because it has to be something directly. I'm uh, I'm suffering from whatever diabetes, and now I can finally get health care because of Obama, but oh, because of that Kenyan Muslim uh, no birth certificate, uh, whatever. Uh, it, it's uh, you know I mean these people there there's something not right with them they're uh, for, for it's it's fascinating so for somebody to, to this happens all the time it's not all the time but it happens regularly enough that it, there is de- a definite pattern to their insults that they think that they have to they think they're going right to the to your heart like they really got me like, oh, you wounded me. And, like, what the hell? Am, uh, what am I supposed to do with that? Like, who cares? 
oh, I'm going to shy away. Meanwhile, they're, what the hell do they ever do with their lives? That's the other thing. You know, we're out here. We're in the front lines. You know, like I'm putting myself in in the line of fire. So what are they doing? Oh, you're not funny in there. Uh, and they're so boring, too. They're so goddamn boring. So come up with a better insult, please, if you want to insult me. But think about uh, more than that. Why don't you do something for someone in your for once in your rotten life? So next time you want to insult somebody or think that that's what you're doing with your wasted life, you know what I mean? Like, how how boring, how useless. I mean, don't you want it to be that when you die, the, you, you, uh, you're, those who are left behind say, wow, we're really better off for that person having been born, rather than, I'm glad that idiot's gone. Because what did they ever do? They, they did nothing but sit in their little, shallow, little worlds and tweet out insults to liberals who were only working to help get them health care, get them the help that they so desperately needed. So when they got sick or when they got old, that they didn't have to, whatever, uh, work, uh, drive an Uber or whatever. They could have a decent, dignified life. Even those morons. So... That's what I always think too. Like with with Republicans, they're always like, "Oh, George Soros, this and uh, he's uh, they want power." Well, that's what Trump was saying during the campaign. They want power for what? So we could give you health care? So we can protect your pre-existing conditions? So we can give you access to education? So you won't be so stupid? Yeah, I w- I don't want to live in a village of idiots anymore. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of having to deal with this authoritarian losers who look for their big daddy and they're not even looking for somebody who is worthy of their uh, of of their support. They they're looking at Trump of all people and all of them, all these Republicans. They're they're, they're sick. So, and um actually there's I want to talk about Ocasio-Cortez, but also this, who, who the hell is it? What's her name? Um, I'm trying to find it. Hold on, hold on. Um, what's her name? What's her, Hyde Smith? What's her first name? The one who, she's joking about lynching. This dumb bitch. Um, Cindy Hyde Smith. United States Senator Cindy Hyde Smith. Huh, huh. If I was a, if he invited me to a lynching, I be in the front row, hee-haw. Um, that's funny. Uh, and if you saw this woman, she, frankly, to me, she looks like a joke. She looks like, to me, she looks like, I don't know if you guys know, um, uh, Amy Sedaris. She looks like Amy, a, a character of, a, one of Amy Sedaris's, uh, characters. And she... And she's re- the way she acts too. She acts like an Amy Sedaris character because she's off the chart. She is, and who would vote for her? It's she's in front of cat. There's a picture of her in her uh, 
one of her campaign literature, standing in front of cattle with her arms crossed in her dungaree shirt. Yee-haw, I'm all for the freedom and Second Amendment, but I love lynching. What the, And what is um, so commendable, uh, saying, uh, about lynching, first of all, from your from your racist-ass state. And you you talk about dog whistles, right? This ain't the the Republican Party. They put the dog whistle in the drawer. I mean, they're out there banging pots and pans, and uh, they got searchlights. Come over here, racists! You are welcome. Not welcome. You are. Hey, get would you you want to run for office? Forget welcome. It's no longer a wink and a nod. You're a Nazi. That's no bar for office in the Republican Party. That's actually uh, that's a feature, not a bug anymore, right? So this woman, she's she's so down home, and you got all these white idiots standing around her. Um, they're applauded. <laughs> they're so funny. I would be in the front row now. Why would you want to see somebody swinging by their neck until they're dead, woman? You think that's funny? You, that's there's something very sick about you, and I bet you love Jesus too. And uh, if he invited me to a public hanging, I'll be in the front row. Hee haw! Um, really? Now, that if this were a sane society, that woman would she wouldn't get uh, anywhere near public office that's so that's the person you want to represent you in your racist ass state the history that mississippi has there's a reason why we have a voting rights act and uh, you know apparently according to john roberts i guess uh racism is over but um as we know they uh uh clearly that it's it's they if they had anything to do with it it's only just begun racism is over I wish um, the, these people, um, it, it's exactly like I always say, that Republicans are unfit to hold leadership positions in a public, in a, uh, in a public, <laughs> I was going to say in a public hanging. They, they really are unfit to hold leadership positions in a public hanging. Who the hell wants a public hanging? What are we, what, what kind of country is this? If they invited me to a public hanging, I'd be in the front row, ha, ha, ha. And then the audience all laughs, he, he, he. You are funny. They, now they say I'm not funny, that asshole. I bet he loved that one. He, he, oh, I mean, and the, the insensitivity, the inhumanity, the depravity of these people. Now, we want power? Yeah, you're goddamn right. From those morons, we want the power uh, because they're unfit. They're unfit. Who the hell wants to share power with somebody who thinks a public hanging is funny? These, they, they're not, um, they have no grasp of, and they have no desire, too. That's another thing. They have no desire to represent the the people of Mississippi. So when uh, she wants to represent the white people, the racists, that's what she wants to represent, the racist people of Mississippi. But there's a lot of other people in Mississippi that would also like to be represented, people whose ancestors were systematically terrorized by white people for for generations that kept them down 
through lynchings, through uh, the, the, the nothing but domestic terrorism that didn't want them to have a seat at the table. And this idiot, this, this, it, this disgrace to a modern nation is laughing <laughs> about a public hanging. That's so funny, right? I, I don't know. There's something really, really vile about that. And, 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 a, and uh, a woman, um, I guess sometimes it's, it makes, I guess it's my sexism in a way. I, th I think that women should be better than this. Uh, we, wouldn't sh we shouldn't be so bloodthirsty. But the, the fact is Republican women have to be even bigger misogynists than Republican men. That's that's really the truth. They they can't have any. Uh, they consider that weak. Any feminine quote unquote qualities. Not that that it's everything is so cut and dry. You know what I mean? Because but anything that has any that's that whiffs of compassion or nurturing or caring. That's weak to them. But when we know that that is that's strength. That is actually being strong. It is strength to show compassion and to be true to your, your founding ideals, to be true, to follow the law, to consider everyone, to not be a greedy little uh, liar who puts Trump on the side of your bus. Um, apparently this, this Hyde Smith lady, she's driving around Mississippi with a, with a, on her campaign bus with Trump with a picture of Trump, her and Trump, because she she wants all the dupes to know. Guess what? Yeehaw! I'm just like Trump. I'm like your master, who is a grifter and a con man. I'm like him. I'm just like him. I hate gays too. I hate black people. Why can't wink, wink? I can't say it, but I want to, you know, lynchings. Yeehaw! Uh, and then, of, of course, another this week, she also, this Hyde Smith woman, also made a joke about how, uh, vote, how you know, maybe we should suppress the vote or something. She said uh, that, that, yeah, you know, that's a good idea, suppressing the votes and all. But that's, now you see Republicans, they, they are, they, Trump has allowed them the liberty to, really come out of the closet with how much they loathe democracy it's not even a secret anymore they don't they used to f have to hide it a little bit you know but now they're they're right out there in the open i guess they think that's like something um you know never like trump never has to apologize to them they're they 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 understand that they cannot win legitimately, so they're, they got to cheat. They got to suppress the votes. They got to make sure those brown people don't vote. You know what I mean? They used to do it by, by, by lynching, by terrorism. Now they got to do it by, you know, wink, wink, and gerrymandering and a voter ID and voter suppression and kicking people off the rolls and name check or whatever the hell other, you know, uh, voter caging, all their dirty tricks that they, uh, that they keep, uh, that they hold on to so they can hold power. Why? Why they, they want power so much not to give you health care, but to take it away and to ensure that that pesky democracy never gets in the way of 
their uh, their pal's ability to ride you to the bank, sucker. So that's why they need uh, they need you nice and stupid, nice and racist for them. Keep keep holding on, hold on to your racist views because you're doing them a favor. You're really helping them along. Any of you filthy Republicans that stumble upon this show. Keep being a racist. Keep being a dupe. So, all right. So let me see. It's seven o'clock, and I am going to take a break for about eight minutes. We got a little uh, green news report. We have a um, what is the other one? Labor history, of course. And when we come back, we'll t- Poppy will probably be on the phone. We'll have some other conversations, and I got other things. I want to talk about Arcasio Cortez. And the Khashoggi murder, these filthy, filthy bastards. And, okay, so I'm going to play, let me see. So remember, please uh, become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. And let me see, where's my break? Okay, guys, I'll see you in about eight minutes. This is Tara Devlin. Whoops, whoops. When you think of poverty, you... Come on. Ah! Now, the top of the hour on the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn presents the Green News Report. This latest round of fires is the most destructive in California state history. The most destructive and now the most deadly. Kids' landmark climate lawsuit against the federal government on hold yet again. Plus... It was a political decision made by a judge. I think it's a disgrace. Judge halts all work on controversial Keystone XL pipeline. Donald Trump is sad. All of those stories and more straight ahead. From bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. 48,000 jobs. I approved it. It's ready to start. 48,000 jobs on the Keystone XL pipeline. Really? Why not just say 48 million jobs? Why not 48 quadrillion jobs? They're all lies. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen having some fun at Trump's sad, pathetic expense. Unfortunately, however, first, we've got to get to some very sad news out here in California. Yes, California is again grappling with record-breaking, catastrophic, deadly wildfires. Three major fires now burning in both northern and southern California that, as of airtime, have killed more than 40 people combined and forced more than 300,000 to evacuate. The largest of the fires, the Camp Fire in northern California, went from spark to the most destructive fire in state history in just 48 hours. As of Monday, it became the deadliest as well in state history. Driven by extremely dry weather and high winds, it spread at the speed of 80 football fields a minute, faster than many could evacuate. More than 200 people are still unaccounted for, nearly 7,000 structures destroyed, most of them homes. The state's previous record for the most destructive fire was set just last year. And of course, like last year, Donald Trump is claiming that all of this is because of forest mismanagement or some other nonsense. 
Any truth to that? Absolutely not. State and local fire officials have rejected those tweets by President Trump that were attacking California and wrongly blaming forest management for the deadly fires. Brian Rice, president of the California Professional Firefighters Association, called Trump's comments, quote, reckless and dangerously wrong. Yeah, I suppose all those folks who live on the beach in Malibu would be shocked to hear that it's because of forest mismanagement that has threatened their homes. In the middle of an urban area. Right. No official cause for the fires has been determined yet, but state regulators on Monday said they are investigating utility companies, Pacific Gas and Electric and Southern California Edison, which both reported equipment failures in the vicinities of all three fires just minutes before each fire began. PG&E is already facing billions of dollars in liability after state agency Cal Fire determined that PG&E's equipment was the cause of those several deadly catastrophic Northern California wildfires last year. But California's outgoing Democratic Governor Jerry Brown, in a press conference on Monday, placed the blame squarely on climate change, noting that fire season has now become a year-round threat in the state. This is not the new normal. This is the new abnormal. And this new abnormal uh, will continue, certainly in the next 10 to 15 to 20 years. And unfortunately, the best science is telling us that uh, dryness, uh, warmth, uh, drought, all those things... Uh, they're going to intensify. In other news, the sweeping historic climate lawsuit brought by a group of kids against the federal government is on hold again, just days after the U.S. Supreme Court lifted a temporary stay on the trial. 21 children and young adults under the age of 22 are suing the federal government, saying its failure to act on climate change is a violation of their constitutional rights to life and liberty. Late last week, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals again halted that trial, which had been slated to start in late October. The judges ruled the Trump Department of Justice, quote, raises issues that warrant an answer. The children's lawyers must file a reply by November 23rd. Finally, a federal judge has ordered both the Trump administration and TransCanada to stop all work on the controversial Keystone XL pipeline, ruling that President Trump's approval of the pipeline's cross-border permit last year violated several key environmental and administrative laws. The judges ruled that the administration simply discarded climate facts in its analysis supporting the pipeline. Quote, an agency cannot simply disregard contrary or inconvenient factual determinations on climate change. The State Department must now complete a new supplemental environmental impact statement that accounts for the effects of climate change and the impacts of potential oil spills on Native American tribal resources. So they can't just change policy because they want to. They actually have to show that there's evidence to support good reason for changing this policy? Exactly. Well, what about 48,000 new jobs that would be created, as Donald Trump said? Why not 40, 11 billion? Exactly. In truth, how many jobs are we talking about for the KXL? Less than 4,000 temporary jobs, only 35 permanent jobs. 35 permanent jobs. Mm-hmm. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find us, follow us, and share us worldwide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. Please help progressive voices support the Green News Report by stopping by bradblog.com slash donate. I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. Oh. 
On this day in labor history, the year was 1937. That was the day the National Labor Relations Board began hearings on an unfair labor practice brought by the International Mine Mill and Smelters. Mine Mill had been fighting the union-busting tactics at Eagle Pitcher Lead Company. The union had been organizing lead and zinc miners in the tri-state area of Kansas, Missouri, and Oklahoma. During the Great Depression, they built the union by emphasizing safer working conditions, stressing the hazards of silicosis and tuberculosis. In their book, Deadly Dust, Silicosis and the Politics of Occupational Disease, Gerald Markowitz and David Rosmer note that one of Mine Mill's demands included the elimination of the company clinic. They argued it was used to target and fire diseased workers rather than provide a safe work environment. Mine Mill also organized in other area industries to counteract the near total power of mine owners in the region. When the union called a strike at area mines in May 1935, the area's largest producer, Eagle Pitcher Lead, moved quickly to force a lockout and establish a company union. During the hearings, the union was limited in its ability to raise health and safety issues. They did win reinstatement and back pay for workers fired during the strike, but the case brought national attention to silicosis in the tri-state area. In a letter to Francis Perkins the following year, the head of the Cherokee County Central Labor Body hoped to secure legislation to compel the companies to install ventilation systems and safety devices. He noted the average life of a miner was 7 to 10 years, with many dying in 2 or 3 years. But sadly, a federal standard on silica was still decades away. Labor History in Two, brought to you by the Illinois Labor History Society and the Rick Smith Show. For more information, go to laborhistoryin2.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on the Twitters at Labor History in Two. All right, welcome back. I'm Tara Devlin. And we meet here every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. And we'll replay it starting Sunday on Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app and GDPR Revolution 99. Go check that out, please. That's a great liberal radio station with other awesome hosts that you guys, I'm sure, will enjoy. And what else? Uh, please become a patron of this show and RDT Daily. If you if we get enough patrons, eventually we will do the show every single day. So we got to start somewhere. Let's uh, we do it together. I always say we stick together, we win. I'm not kidding. We will win. We will restore this country to the ideals or whatever. I don't even know. Are we restoring it? No. We are actually actualizing our founding ideals. Wouldn't that be great? to have a country that promotes the general welfare over the welfare of the corporate elite. We do that together. We, this is the, I believe, the modern-day um, update to the, to the tea shops where the, the, the colonists dreamed of having a, a, a representative democracy without a king and an aristocracy. This is our update to that, and uh, I think what we do is sort of like our – the modern day pamphlets that they that they passed around. So I appreciate you guys sticking with me every week and telling your friends about the show and your support. So the the more patrons we get, the bigger we can grow. That's all I can say about that. So all right. I'm gonna bring 
Poppy in here. Hold on. Let me see. Poppy. 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 Yes. Poppy Champlin, everyone. Woo! Standing ovation. I am here. Standing <laughs> ovation. Yes, yes. Poppy Champlin on the phone. Let me get your graphic up. So, uh, Poppy is a comedian. She's a regular. She is a awesome, kick-ass comedian. If you haven't seen her live, it is an experience. You must check it out. Uh, do yourself a favor. I'm on my way to Boston right now to do a show. Oh, really? Where you? Where? Where, yeah, where is your show? To Boston. Oh, cool. My show is at this theater called the Rockwell. Nice. And it's. Uh, I was part of the Boston Women in Comedy Festival uh, uh, this summer, and I guess some of the women from the festival are now doing this show tonight. Oh, cool. And oh, it's, oh, the show is tonight. The show's tonight? Uh, tonight is at 9 o'clock. Oh, yeah. shit. Okay. Well, be careful there on the phone there. <laughs> Thank you for calling in. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So, I wanted yeah. to talk about the um, one of, a couple of things. First of all, I just wanted because I keep I was I kept talking about it in the first hour, but I never really got into it because I kept getting distracted by everything else. But the, yeah. uh, the I don't know. Did you see that tweet this week? It really pissed me off by this. This guy, what's his name? Um, I just had it up. He tweeted about, his name is Eddie Scary. He, or Scary? S-C-A-R-R-Y. Anyway, he, he, he tweeted a, a picture of Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, which uh, the, uh, the new, she's my new representative. I live in that neighborhood. Where she, oh. Yeah, yeah. She's oh, actually, I actually voted for her, so I'm really happy. And Perfect. yeah, okay. yeah, I never thought she would win. I, I vote, I, I voted for her in the primary. I don't think she thought she would win. I think that a lot of people didn't believe that she would win either. We just, the, she, the progressive yeah. base was just very motivated. And, uh, uh, the way I voted for her was sort of like, I thought that, um, Joe Crowley, who she ran against, I, I thought, well, he'll he's gonna win, but this is sort of a way to kick him in the ass a little and let him know that we are we are watching. You know, I I never thought she would win, yeah. but I'm I'm really happy that she did because I am I am a hundred percent behind her, and I am a democratic socialist. I have always been since I was before they uh, it was cool before Bernie made it cool. Yeah, and, yeah, so. Yeah. But anyway, but she, so she did you, went. Did you hear Bernie today? Not to throw you off track again. No, but no. Did you hear that Bernie today uh, no. is probably going to be running again? Oh, really? He said that? Okay, good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. I, I, I hoped well, he, he would. Said, he, said he, he, thinks he, he said he thinks he'll be the best candidate to beat Trump. Yep. But, and, he, and he'll go for whoever would be the best candidate. But he thinks maybe right now he might be the best to beat him i agree i think i i honestly think i i was for bernie in the in the primaries and i clearly i voted right. for hillary when 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 hillary became the nominee i did what i could right. i had all i had people on the show this was before um it was uh two hours or whatever but i had people on the show who were pro Hillary all the way. I I really tried to do what I could to 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 help her. I but oh, anyway, absolutely. 
but the and I would vote for her again in the if if that was the case. But I do believe that Bernie probably would have won uh, only because for many reasons. Yeah, yeah, because he was even though he is a senator for many years, he was he took no uh, special interest money, and he was a uh, right. Yeah, so he he had that outsider feel to him. And even though, yeah. and Trump, in fact, ran on a lot of uh, Bernie's policies, except he was full of shit. That's the whole thing. Bernie, <laughs> and he was racist. That's, he was like, and that's why I always say with these, with these filthy Republicans, these average Joes, they say that, oh, uh, they're economically insecure. That's why they voted for Trump. No, no. And then they've done studies. They're, they're, they're racist because if they, were if it was just economic insecurity they would have voted they would have been for bernie because he had all of the right. same populist rhetoric without the racism so anyway but that's yeah i think he because they i see a lot of democrats saying oh well who's your leader who will beat trump and they they're i i don't think uh i don't really know i think that bernie would do it though bernie uh anyway that'll be good. i think bernie be good but i think beto would be good too. right right maybe bernie beto that would be cool bernie beto would be awesome oh my god that would be great that would be great yes yeah. at least we'd get we would you know get healthcare eventually so but anyway, but yeah, what I wanted yeah. to talk about with our with uh, because the um, there was this tweet that this uh, idiot Eddie Scary who is he's some he's yeah. a writer at the uh, what the hell he writes he writes on for some right wing rag uh, the Washington Times no the Washington Examiner and he looks like a, he, re- he looks like a real Nazi frankly. And uh, the, this is the way, you know, he just has that whole some, – sometimes I look at these right-wingers and I you could totally picture them at a Nuremberg rally and you could picture them in a brown shirt. Yeah, like they're – given the right circumstances, the right uh, environment, they would be there all the way. But anyway, so they t- he tweeted okay. – he took a picture of, of her and uh, – it was uh, it's any and where where is it? I actually have the uh, the thing. It said he said that it was he took a picture of her from behind, saying that her coat and her um, you know she doesn't look like a he said um, a Hill staffer sent me this pic of Arcasio Cortez that they just took now and I could tell you something that ja- that jacket and coat doesn't look like a girl who struggles like fuck you what? yeah so they the they took a picture of her walking down the hall like that in a nice coat you see she was wearing a nice coat and a nice you know you she didn't had, like that well yeah, uh, according to these like fascists she was wearing a nice coat? right like she should be in a potato sack right when she goes to her first day of work at the at the congress you should look, but see, according to these these fascists, if you're not struggling, then why would you give a shit about the poor? See, this this is why I I cannot stand them in so many levels. First of all, the wow. the, the whole the tweet is so offensive. Would they do that to a man? No way. Would they would they disparage somebody? 
for wearing a nice coat? And who knows how much she spent for it, but it doesn't matter. What is the, the point is, wouldn't it be nice if people who were able to afford nice coats and nice bags and whatnot gave a shit about the poor? Uh, that it wasn't a requirement, that you didn't have to be a struggling whatever right. to want to make this world a better place? That you, you see, according to Republicans, they cannot wrap their tiny greed-centered minds around why anybody who can afford a nice coat would care about those who don't afford, who oh, can't. Oh, yeah, okay, I see. You know what I mean? Because, like, she's saying, yeah, so he's, it. according to this tweet, oh, her coat, she's wearing a nice coat. She don't look like a girl who struggles. So what does that have to do with anything, even if that was wow. true? Wow. It, so she should, just because she's not struggling, she shouldn't care about those who are struggling? That's that's the point. You see what I'm saying? These right-wingers, they... Yeah, they don't give a yeah. shit because they there's something very sick about them. They don't care about anybody but themselves. It's unbelievable. And and the fact yeah. that they took a picture of of uh, Arcasio Cortez from behind. She didn't even know. She's like on the phone, she's walking down the hall. She's got a bag, she's got her all her stuff in her hands. It's like very creepy, too. And uh, yeah. And this this dumb fascist, this freak from the examiner is uh, trying to somehow diminish her in the eyes of her supporters because she's wearing a nice coat to work at the friggin Congress. So anyway, wow. I just yeah, I think you're supposed to look nice when you when you finally make it into Congress. Yeah, you, you're you supposed to, to put on a nice coat. Right. Yeah. It's it's it, what is she supposed to wear? Was she supposed to wear uh yeah. you know a, supposed to show up with the rag bag? <laughs> I mean really. Was she gonna look like Jenny on the block Maybe or something? He was, you know, <laughs> What's that? Plus he's probably, you know, turned on yep. and so then he has double double up on his mm-hmm. disparaging remarks so that you know, he doesn't wanna Right. She doesn't want to give her a compliment. Right. Exactly. Well, she, or maybe that is a backhanded compliment. Well, that's true. But she, no, it is a compliment to a degree that be, these right wingers are terrified of her. They are terrified that she yeah. is a socialist, a democratic socialist, and that they they really want to diminish her in the eyes of of anybody. But that but that's the whole thing, though. The that's what I always find fascinating. What does it matter if you're struggling or not? If you FDR was part of the American aristocracy, and he they called him a traitor to his class. Wait, do you have your window open in your car or something? Because it's very windy. No, it's just that my, I'm go, you know, I'm going kind of fast. <laughs> I mean, I'm going. <laughs> what do you mean you're going fast? I, I, I are up, but I'm still going fast. I'm on 95. Oh, okay. Well, let me play this. This it, When I saw this tweet, it reminded me of this video that I, re, I remembered from Fox News about, this was a night from 2011, where the Republicans, you see, um, they they were attacking. Well, they do this all the time, but in this particular clip, there and this is a regular kind of meme with them, where they attack the poor for not being poor enough. 
you see, for having things. Oh, my God. Yeah, so according to Republicans, oh the you're not poor. These people aren't poor because they had air conditioning. So here's, uh, let me get this. Oh. Yeah, this is, this. hold on. I think you can hear it because I think I fixed that thing, but you let me know. Hold on. When you think of poverty, you picture this. But what if I told you it really looks like this? A new report showing poor families in the United States are not what they used to be. Now, many poor families have homes with cable TV, cell phones, computers, you name it, much, much more. My next guest is digging up all of this stuff. Robert Rector is with the Heritage Foundation. Robert, I'm just going to give our viewers a quick run-through of what items poor families in America have. 99% of them have a refrigerator. 81% have a microwave. 78% have air conditioning. 63% have cable TV. 54% have cell phones. 48% have a coffee maker. I'm not surprised. They're only about 10 bucks. 38% have a computer. 32% have more than two TVs. 25% have a dishwasher. This, sir, Mr. Rector, is very different from what it was uh, just a few years ago, isn't it? No, actually what you see is that the living standards of the poor have increased rather steadily for the last 30 years. Wow. And in fact, the, the poverty report has that, that not accurately bizarre, reflected man. their living conditions really. On a second. Your, your uh, audio is very it's windy sounding. On the... All right. Well, maybe, maybe we should cut it because I can't. Okay. Yeah, All I right. My, well, thank my, you my for... What's that? Yeah. Yeah. I should have brought the earphone. I forgot. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now it's hard to hear. So anyway, we'll uh, okay. we'll have to we'll pick it up next time. Thank you for calling in. You bet. All right. I love you. Show. All right. I'll talk to you love later. You All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Anyway, everyone, Poppy Champlin, everyone, and she's got a very. Windy kind of phone going on. So anyway, but uh, we'll get her next time. And all right, let me let me continue this 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 video. Hold on. When you think of poverty, you picture this. But what if I told you it really looks like this? A new report showing poor families in the United States are not what they used to be. Now, many poor families have homes with cable TV, cell phones, computers, you name it, much, much more. My next guest is digging up all of this stuff. Robert Rector is with the Heritage Foundation. Robert, I'm just going to give our viewers a quick run-through of what items poor families in America have. 99% of them have a refrigerator. 81% have a microwave. 78% have air conditioning, 63% have cable TV, 54% have cell phones, 48% have a coffee maker. I'm not surprised, they're only about 10 bucks. 38% have a computer, 32% have more than two TVs, 25% have a dishwasher. This, sir, Mr. Rector, is very different from what it was uh, just a few years ago, isn't it? No, actually what you see is that the living standards of the poor have increased rather steadily for the last 30 years. And in fact, the, the poverty report has not accurately reflected their living conditions really for several decades. Now, I understand that today the federal government says 14% of the population lives in poverty. And that's roughly the same as it was back in 1966 before all the great society programs. But that, that, that looks, doesn't that look at poverty as, as a financial, uh, a monetary thing? 
Yes, part of the reason that when you look at the actual living conditions of the 43 million people that the census says are poor, you see that, in fact, they have all these modern conveniences. If you ask them, did your family have enough to f food to eat at all times during the last year, the overwhelming majority will say yes. If you ask them, were you able to meet any medical needs that you had, they will say yes. Uh, the typical poor family in the United States has, it lives in a house or an apartment and actually has more living space than the average European, not a poor European, but the average Frenchman or the average German. So, in fact, there really isn't any connection between the government's identification of poor people and the actual living standards and, and the typical American. When an American hears the word poverty, He's thinking about somebody that doesn't have enough food to eat, somebody yeah. that's possibly homeless. We're, we're Not told, true. I, I seem to remember in the last few years being told that something like 12% of the children in America go to bed hungry at night. You're saying that that's flat out not, not accurate. A, a, that's an absolute lie. It's taken from an agriculture report. In fact, what that shows is that maybe 2% of children at some point in the year would go to bed hungry. Mm. Uh, it's just not true. It's, it's a form of exaggeration. And let me say, I have a great deal of sympathy for those children that did go to bed hungry. About one in five uh, poor families does struggle at some point in the year to have enough food to put on the table. I have sympathy for those people, t too, and they are of a concern. But it doesn't do us any good as a nation to grossly exaggerate and misrepresent the living conditions of the, the overwhelming bulk of the 40 million people that are supposed to be poor. That's very interesting. <laughs> it's so interesting. Do you, you see how much they care about poor people, how the poor aren't really poor you see, because they have air conditioning. They have Some of them have cell phones. You know, 100 years ago, they didn't have running water and toilets and clean, uh, uh, you know, cl uh, Whatever, clean, clean running water or uh, 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 washing machines or whatever. They, these people are sick. You see, do you think that that Fox News contributor really has ever done anything for anyone else other than himself? or his small group of friends, that he could do something for them so they, he would get something back from them, which is somehow a seat at the table, higher and higher. There's nothing, that guy has nothing going on for him. For that if he's spending his time, his limited lifespan, wondering and worrying whether the poor aren't sweating enough in their hovels, that's what makes you poor. You gotta toil, you see. Why aren't you at work sweating and making for your master? Because maybe one day you can win the lottery, you know, because you ain't getting the seat at the table otherwise. And, uh, and don't worry about it. Just pray and Jesus will give you a mansion when you're dead, when you'll have air conditioning when you're dead and uh, it's so unconscionable for them, which is why it's when I see something like that uh, tweet from that guy. Oh, this this don't look like a girl who struggles because you know what? You're only supposed to struggle if you're struggling. Then then you care. But if you're if you're way up there on the in the ivory tower, don't ever look down and look back. 
because uh, that's not your role, right? Your role is to make sure you get the the best and you have more and more and more until what uh not you don't even those people down uh, below they're just ants they're nothing to you they are what do you care they are to be flicked away like the dust that they are and if anybody dare care about the plight of their fellow Americans who maybe are a few rungs lower on the ladder, let's, uh, you know, uh, there must be something wrong with them, I guess, right, according to a Republican, because you can only care about something if it affects you directly. And there's something very sick about that, and there's something un-American about that. And I really think for us as a society, we have to get past this. This is why Republicans cannot govern. They are unfit to govern. This is partly why, because they don't understand what it means to be a representative democracy. That that means leaving no one behind. They should have a story on Fox News about how proud they are that those who are unfortunate, who are on welfare or whatever, on public assistance, that we have such an amazing economy in the United States and we are so compassionate and we are so, uh, uh, we're so in this together that all of those who are on public assistance have, have, uh, have, uh, air conditioning. They live in decent homes. They all have dishwashers and Wi-Fi and access to higher education and health care and all these amenities that other countries dream about, that, uh, that this is a right of citizenship, not a privilege of wealth, that we are so enlightened here that every we realize that having air conditioning is, a, is part of, a, of human dignity. And we don't, we wouldn't deny it, somebody, just because we think that uh, we have a definition of what it means to be poor. What does this idiot know? He, except what he read in a Dickens novel, which I highly doubt he read. He likes, he, the Republicans like that era. They want to restore that era. When they talk about make America great again, that's what they're talking about. They're not talking about a time when the United States had a 90% top marginal tax rate, where we had 35% unionization, where uh, where we uh, you know, funded the the th- uh, things in this country, where instead of um, giving all the money to the rich or the funneling more money to the top, where they could funnel it uh, into their offshore accounts where they could buy politicians and corrupt government that they had to invest in the in the country at home so i have to take a break but the <laughs> it just it makes me crazy that they um that they're so they're they're so uh they're so sick really that there's this, that is a spiritual sickness, you see, to really to be worried about whether somebody who's poor is comfortable in, uh, in the heat is very disturbed. Do you know what I mean? They, they really need to um, worry about 
why that's their concern. Like they should be in. And thank God for that. Uh, so far, Obamacare. You know that they haven't destroyed Obamacare yet because that kind of sickness is uh, is not considered. Uh, they could get help for that pre-existing condition because. That is a mental illness for them to go, uh, for them to worry, to actually sit there and produce a segment that, <clears throat> because I, uh, you know, I work in TV, um, so that that took some time. You know, you had a producer, they had to do a backgrounders, they had people that had to make the graphics for that, and the, uh, to they had to book a guest. Who knows, did they have to put them up in a hotel room? I mean, there were that was a lot of effort went into that segment, that, that disgusting segment. And not only that, that had to be presented and pitched in front of a group, and they had to decide on it, and then they had to go with it and say, okay, we're going with the, with the segment that says the poor are not poor enough for us. That, and then those people actually got paid to do that and they went home and they slept at night without a second thought of what the hell they're doing of how they are dis- of how they're poisoning this country what kind that is i mean you think that um what do you think aliens would think of something like that well sometimes i when i when i see things going on in this world I wonder what would happen if a if a if a higher form of life, a more intelligent life form, aliens or whatever, came here, and they they what would they think of this? And they saw us in the in the process of this. What would they think? What would they think of a civilization that was worried whether their poor um, isn't sweating enough in their in their hovels it it makes no sense that why wouldn't they spend their time uncovering something worthy of humanity that elevates the human condition saying what aren't we lucky that we have such um a standard of living or whatever not lucky but whatever that that isn't it great that some people that are we once considered poor that uh, never had air conditioning now they have air conditioning that the, you know you're talking about people with air conditioning air conditioning is a life or death situation for a lot of people you need air conditioning elderly it doesn't matter young people you can get sick and die without air conditioning in the heat why should somebody die because they don't have access to air conditioning in this goddamn country, in the richest country in the world? And why are Republicans worried about it? That is what is baffling to me. Why are they worried that some people have too much when they got nothing? So what they're doing is they're justifying that they they don't want to pay they don't want to they'd rather funnel more money into the pockets of people who would never spend it in a million lifetimes than allow somebody to have air conditioning some old lady some old guy that uh that wants to be comfortable in their home 
right? So they they that uh, that's just too much. That's too much for Republicans. They can't. They are obsessed. They're up at night wondering who is comfortable. Are the poor too goddamn comfortable in this country? How dare they? How dare they have uh, put on the air conditioning and it's hot outside? God damn it! They need to suffer some more. They're not hungry enough. You know, if maybe if they're kicked a little more, they'd work harder. That, but that's what they want. They want us to, they love the Dickens time. They want us all there with their bowls. Please, sir, can I have another? Please, sir. They And believe me when I say this, they, when I say they hate democracy, it is the truth. They love the Dickens era. They want to be called my lord. You know it. They hate democracy. They don't like the president. Whatever. They don't want to be called. They don't. They want to be respected. Like they, hey, oh my lord, thank you, my lord, thank you for bestowing some, for trickling some, uh, some, some dignity upon me. Oh, thank you, my lord. You know they don't want to. They don't want to associate with us, the unwashed masses. That's why, like democracy, they got to vote. With us? Oh, no, no, no. You know, they are in their gated communities. They want to, hey, that's why, If what does it matter to them if people can't vote, if they can't have access to the, vo- to the, to the voting polls? And if, on top of it, if they're not counted, hey, that's fine with them. They don't want, hey, they want some poor person, some uppity poor person who is so uppity that they dare sit in a cool room in the, in the 110 degree heat and not and and not be ashamed of that you know what i mean like they they there's something very sick about these bastards and these are the people right who these morons uh, believe that they sit around watching fox news and uh worrying about um the, you know their pre-existing conditions and saying these are the people that are going to protect me from uh, from the rapacious, greed-centered corporations that do nothing but ride me to the bank like a freaking parasite. Like I'm a like I'm a host for a parasite, and they're going to go to the to the propagandists at Fox News. They're going to believe those people. That I mean, it's baffling. It is baffling to me. So that those are the ones, the ones who are complaining that the poor people, that poor people have it too cushy in this country. Those are the ones that are going to protect your health care, supposedly. And uh, that's what Republicans are telling them. It's unbelievable. So, okay, in the last 15 minutes, um, not only that, the other thing that really, first of all, uh, that really pissed me off this, let me mean, first of all, um, was the Khashoggi murder. Um, of course, uh, Donald Trump, he doesn't give a shit. Now, let me just play what he said the other day. Or when was it? There's so many things going on. Where is it? Here it is. I think it might have been today, actually. Maybe I'm wrong. Hold on. Take you to look at it. You know, we also have a great ally in Saudi Arabia. They give us a lot of jobs. They give us a lot of business, a lot of economic development. They are uh, 
They have been a truly spectacular ally in terms of jobs and economic development. And I also take that, you know, I'm president. I have to take a lot of things into consideration. So uh, we will be talking with the CIA later and lots of others. I'll be doing that while I'm on the plane. How how gross is this country that not only we have this con man, a serial sexual predator, serial bankrupt uh, who is a con man, a grifter, a trust fund brat, 72-year-old malignant narcissist toddler um, who is in bed, who, who admires the world's worst dictators on, on top of everything else. They, he does not even give lip service to the grand experiment in liberal democracy. The same guy who pretends to love America, who says, I love the troops, I love, uh, you know, while he's sending them to as p- pawns in his political game down to the border. That's another story. But the same one who who couldn't put the uniform of this country on because of his bone spurs, couldn't get it on over his bone spurs. Um, that same one who who hugs the flag at his Nuremberg rallies, you know, is saying, oh, well, Saudi Arabia is such a great ally. They give us so many jobs. And as if that is the final say in this country, that's it, greed is not is the only value left fighting for that's the, that is all that america stands for you can murder journalists forget the first amendment forget the fact that the founders put in enshrined in our founding documents in the first amendment the protections of the press that the press are the are so important to the to a functioning democracy that they put it in number one the very first um, bill right the very first part of our founding document so they um, this this scumbag this authoritarian this this dictator envying grifter who is who colluded there is no doubt in my mind that he got on the phone with Putin. You, I don't know if you guys saw when Putin, where, when he was over in uh, Europe embarrassing the United States and Putin showed up and you saw, did you see Trump's face? The, he was beaming from ear to ear at his crush. It was embarrassing. Now, these are the Republicans that are like, oh, finally, finally America is respected again. America is a laughingstock. And the, all the, our allies uh, and, and some of our former um, adversaries understand, who understand the dangers of authoritarianism, um, were taking him to task publicly. But he doesn't know. He's, he's so clueless, this idiot. He, all he understands is that he, he wants more. He needs more money, more things. Put, pour more things into his rapacious gullet. Just put more things in there, more stuff. Stuff it in that, that rapacious, un, uh, that bottomless pit of greed and need. That's what he is. That's called narcissistic supply, and he, he can never get enough of it. So that that embarrassment to everybody who ever died for this country 
uh, is going to mull over what to do about the murder of a journalist. Not that, not just the murder. I mean, they. The fact is, I th- the the thing that Trump is pissed off about is that they did it so sloppily that they didn't do it uh, they in a way that they can get away with it. That it became such a public uh, disgrace uh, because he he would rather it just be swept under the rug, right? Um, the, what even Trump said, oh, this has captured the imagination of the world, much to his chagrin, because what does it matter? He, he wishes he could kill some journalists. And in fact, I mean, I always wonder to myself, I think, what would we do if suddenly, uh, that, I mean, that's really the next step in fascism in this country. If journalists start disappearing here. And start, uh, you know, being harmed, threatened, and that would be the next, uh, the next step in our slide into fascism. And we're here. We're we are sliding. Uh, we're holding on. Thankfully, we got it back. We got some. We grabbed one of the branches on the on the way down the cliff. We thankfully with our voting in the Democrats in into the House, but we really need to overwhelm it. We need the we need the Senate, we need the the presidency, and that's only just the beginning. Because when we get that, we 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 have to shore up the uh, the all the holes in the system that the these fascists have exploited to get here. We have to. Get money out of politics. We have to re-regulate uh, the media so that we don't have factions in this country, silos of information where you have one part of the country that is watching a, a, a so-called news channel that makes the, its viewers less informed than those who watch no news at all. That's what Fox News is. They've done studies, you know, that that liberal socialist rag business insider did a study uh reported on it saying that fox news makes its viewers less informed than people who watch no news at all meaning not only are they are 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 they full of shit they they know lies they are they are negatively informed so you'd be better off uh, you'd be more informed if you just overheard something in an elevator than watching Fox News and being deceived. And that's what they they are. And anyway, I don't really understand how anybody could watch Fox News and not and and believe it anyway. You got to be you really got to be easily led and also kind of a racist. So not kind of. I mean, I really that's what they are. Ultimately, it is about tickling racist funny bones and. Um, I don't, and they, that the Republicans are always like, oh, if you, if you disagree with them, they call you a racist. But no, it's not just about disagreeing. We call you racist because you are, because your policies are racist and you actively exploit racism and tickle racist funny bones to divide and conquer the American people. You lie, you, you whine about caravans and for political points because you want to scare your dupes into voting against their own best interests. 
I mean, in in the case of the uh, what happened with the pre-existing conditions, I mean, there's nothing more unbelievably crap. Not crap. What's the word? It's uh, the it's the. I mean, the the whole thing is there's they have no shame. There's no shame in the Republican game for them to to say that no uh that Democrats won't protect your pre-existing conditions. When Republicans have basically ensured that the the that the um, the exchange doesn't function, that um, the uh, that the price of health insurance is through the roof, that uh, they and if they get their way, we will be returned to the exact system that made Obamacare necessary in the first place, where we're paying twice as much as the next most expensive country, where we're it's like 15% of our GDP is going to health care anyway. It's like the most in the entire world. And we don't have everybody insured, and we're paying more, and we have the worst outcomes. And why? Because of greed and stupidity, because of Republicans. I mean, greed and stupidity, that's... That that should be the new name of the Republican Party. So, but so Trump is like, um, Khashoggi, uh, I mean, he's, uh, you know, we get so much, so many jobs. First it was 400,000, then it was, uh, half a million, then it was a million. It was like, he just doesn't give a shit. He's not even trying to, to be consistent with his lies, but he, how can he be? He know, he's just a liar. And how anybody can vote for him is just, what um a, t- a testament to how fragile democracy is that a liar like him can uh, be somebody that that millions of people look to for uh what for help for relief for representation that somebody like what's her face um you know the Hyde Smith the the one who loves lynching that could put her, his face, this grifter's face on the side of her campaign bus, and that's a positive. I, I mean, it's be, it's baffling to me. That's Sometimes I feel very alone in the world. I thank God for this show because it really does. It really makes me feel alone when I see things like that. I'm like, what? Why? Why? It makes me think, like, why um, – why is am I breathing the same air as, as these people? What, how is this possible that some people are so easily duped? And anyway, so uh, for uh, when when did we lose our dignity? And it, you know that these people like Trump, the same group of people who who traded with Hitler. Right. Oh, well, Hitler, he's making a lot of we're making a lot of weapons for him. So I wouldn't want to break ties with Hitler. And, you know, the business community during the rise of the Nazi machine, they were all in with Hitler. So it's the same thing with these Saudis. And what do we get from them? They, and in fact, Trump is—they uh, don't really. Uh, it's really Trump that benefits from the relationship with the Saudis. That's what he's one. Of, I mean, they're—it's uh, like Putin. But he is Putin's puppet. The same thing. He is—he is owned by these Saudi princes. But because he doesn't give a shit, as long as you have money, he doesn't care how you got it. That—that's what he think. That is his. Uh, Arbiter, the bar of success, 
is how much money you got. How much money you got? You got enough? Uh, you, you, you loyal to me? You, you put my picture on the side of a building? You projected my picture? You're, you, uh, oh, we're buds. We're real. I mean, that's how, how simple this idiot is. And th- there's no values there. He doesn't care. So how do you say you love America? You love, uh, you, you supposedly say, uh, oh, I, I, my, our sacred election system and our, that, um, you're, you literally hugged a flag at a campaign rally, but you really don't understand what that flag means. It's not, um, uh, let's figure out another way to allow Donald Trump to, convince dupes to hand over their money to him so to come up with some scam so somebody can get rich some get rich quick scheme or some way to kick down on the poor who can't fight back and that's what the, that's what the, that's the whole trump brand so that's uh it's, it doesn't matter if these if the saudis lord a journalist into their consulate, into the uh, consulate on another country's uh, soil, and and tortured and murdered him in such a brutal way, and made you know he just made him disappear. Where's his body? They dismembered him. Apparently, they dismembered him while he was alive, because it, that that is so sick. Because they wanted to. It's like the it's like the lynchings. They wanted to send a message, a chilling message to everyone else. Don't fuck with us. Do not tell the truth about us. Don't. There is no freedom here. There's no freedom of speech. There's no challenging the, the status quo or the powerful. You don't challenge the powerful. You shut your mouth and go to work and you sit in your unair-conditioned hovel, you peon. And if you, if we want to make you dead, we'll do it. And it ain't going to matter to nobody because we got uh, money, baby. And that's all that it means nowadays to be an American. Who's got theirs? Who, uh, do you got, uh, you got money, you got, you got access, you got power, you got uh, stock options, you got, uh, I mean, that's, that's it. Then, then don't worry about. Oh, you you got a nice coat. Well, don't worry about anybody but yourself, Joe. Right? Because that's what it means to be an American nowadays. Don't. There's no principles. There's no values. There's no freedom. You know, as long as Donald Trump and Ivanka and all their filthy, ill-gotten, uh, undeserving heirs can uh, kill beautiful animals and uh, funnel more money into their pockets. They, they are bringing nothing to the table but ugliness and, uh, and, and a, just, just an America-hating, um, you know, embarrassment. To the, and I thought George Bush had embarrassed us enough, right? And then, uh, surprise, surprise, they go and do this, right? All right, guys. So I see we only have a couple of minutes left. I wish I can go on and on. We could really do this every single day if we get enough patrons. So that'll that'll be nice. Wouldn't that be fun when that happens? It will happen. 
every it will you just never give up so guys um we're in this together i appreciate you guys hanging out with me every saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m please donate to uh the patreon page and anybody who donates what for in the time being you can still do it through paypal uh, on the website i will send you a window cling keep calm and join the resistance and other there's other gifts that we're giving away and what else um buy some merchandise that'll be you know the holidays are coming hopefully uh, everything will be settled for me soon i i'm very anxious but this show keeps me going and it also um i appreciate everybody every week i look forward to seeing you quote unquote <laughs> not really seeing you i'm only seeing your uh, your online presence but i see you i see you i know you're there and i'm really appreciative so like i say we stick together we win and we will win um and i'm going i i have no doubt in my mind uh, that we're going to win so we're on the right side of history right side of humanity my name is tara devlin i will see you guys next week <laughs>